Welcome to VCR, Vintage Cinema Rewind. We're bringing old movies to new viewers. I'm Blake. I'm Jason. And I'm 2024, Michael. Woo! Woo. 2024, gonna be your year, buddy. Oh, uh, God, I hope so. <laughs> I don't know. I desperately <laughs> hope so. You, you've already aged. So much since the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's, it's the effect. It's... Honestly, I think this podcast is just sucking the color from my hair, <laughs> the will from my soul. That's actually just me. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that explains it. No one mentioned um, those side effects before we got into this. <laughs> I didn't read the literature. So we're just coming off the bo- the uh, best of episode. Highly recommend going back and checking that out. It's one of our favorite episodes of the year. This one's just kind of a bonus episode, just talking about all of the rest of the best, the best of the rest. I think maybe we'll just quickly, this is going to be movie-related, it's going to be TV-related, just, just kind of chilling, having fun talking about stuff that we like. Just guys being dudes. Yep. And whatever else you want to talk about, I don't care on this episode. Maybe we'll start with best performance, best director, and just because it's kind of still movie-related, and then we'll just through the ship for like another half hour, 40 minutes or something. That sounds good. Yeah, cool. Who wants to start this time? I could start. Okay, you want to do best director or best performance? I've got male and female best performance, so you guys are welcome to do as much or as little as you want. Again, bonus episode, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> wow, this guys, this is this is new. It's a We're relaxed, going off the rails. <laughs> this is a relaxed Blake. I've waited 31 years to see this, but <laughs> here it is. I don't know if I have my best female performance uh, locked and loaded, so I might need a little more time, but definitely 110% best performance for me was Al Pacino in Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah. Like, I think I've mentioned this before, but like, you know, I have my own interests when it comes to filmmaking, and I often don't really pay much attention to performances or scores because I'm more interested in things like, you know directing or editing or dialogue or just the plot itself but like honestly Al Pacino was acting his freaking brains out in this movie and I could not look away he was so perfect like again I'm not the first person to say this this is easily his best performance of all time yeah hard agree like he's just phenomenal like his character just has so many layers and he performs them all very well yeah, and just the way he's, like, grumpy, but also gentle and, like, in over his head, but, like, still trying to do the nice, like the right thing. Like, I love the moment early on when, like, one of his partners just decides he doesn't want to go through with the heist and just how baffled and put out he looks in that moment. <laughs> like, Literally, like, two minutes into the movie, yes. Yeah, and he's just, like... He's like, give me the keys. I need the car. He's like, well, how am I supposed to get home? <laughs> so, yeah, that definitely definitely the best performance I've ever seen. Actually, you know what? I have my best female performance locked and Go loaded. I just needed to check real quick. Just uh, quick. I, I didn't think anyone could be better than Al Pacino in Scarface. it's so much more nuanced than any al pacino role ever like it's pre-scarface and like al pacino screaming at the camera for multiple hours in a film wait pre-scarface i'm pretty sure it's pre-scarface you might be right wow okay that's this is that was his first film after he did the godfather series he took a break after that because of how much it wore on him i that honestly after seeing this movie and the godfather i'm like yep that'll do it Wow, okay. Scarface was much later than I thought. 
Mm. When was Scarface? Like the 80s? 83. Oh, that is later than I thought too. Right. Just before I forget, my top, my best female performance is, uh, her name is Madeline Brewer. And she was the leading lady in Cam, which is a 2018 psychological horror film directed by Daniel Goldhaber. Cool. Never heard of it. Cam? uh, Cam, like C-A-M. Cam. So she plays a Cam girl whose whose identity gets stolen. And it's really interesting watching the way she navigates that situation. Cool. Haven't heard of it. It's it's a good movie. It's a like it's kind of a weird little horror movie. Emily and I watched it together. We both really liked it. Hmm. So yeah, cool. My best actor performance is J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. It's like his best performance ever. It's he's so evil and and such a tormenting bully. Like it's just it's it's kind of incredible how much hate that man can spew for like two hours yeah <laughs> he he's so despicable in the film and even though like it kind of asks the question of like do the ends justify the means kind of thing and actually after i watched this i was talking about this with my cousin and my uncle was like oh i like i can't believe that anybody in this world would be like that and i was like no like i i truly believe that there are people out there like jk simmons in this film that are like push people beyond their limits in order to like pull that diamond out of the rough but like ethically absolutely not like it's 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 crazy what he puts people through in this film and it's it's just incredible i almost want to say it's like a uh, sports parent or an acting like parent of a child actor except oh, yeah. except he didn't have that so he put it all into his work or something i don't know it was, it was brilliant because like that's where you might see that kind of thing more often but this was just so extreme yeah i feel like we all have shades of that character within ourselves it's just terrifying seeing it manifested on screen yeah oh to that degree Yeah. yeah 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 i think he was better as j jonah jameson though <laughs> spider-man you watch whiplash again then my friends because mm. Well, I think you need to rewatch Spider-Man, sir. <laughs> so my best female performance, I, I already mentioned it, is Lily Gladstone in Killers of the Flower Moon. She's incredible. I can't wait to see more movies with her. Like, I literally could not look away every time she was on camera. She's she's so good. And and part of it, like, is her, the way, like, I don't know, she her eyes do a lot of acting, like, her, her facial expressions do a lot of acting. She's just, it's so impressive that an actress or an, even an actor, like anybody can go toe to toe with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro and somehow come out being the best performance in, in that film. Damn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jason, who you got on board? Michael Caine. My cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I like to eat paste. <laughs> Uh, that's one of my favorite jokes about him. But yeah, Michael Caine in Death Trap was mm. uh, just my favorite. I wouldn't say it's best performance necessarily. I couldn't pick one. Uh, like there's a bunch that I m- mentioned in the previous episode, but like like Jake Gyllenhaal and Dar Salim in The Covenant were probably better performances. But I just loved watching 
a young Michael King. <laughs> I think it would be really cool if you got a few people together who had never seen Death Trap and watched it with them because I think it's a fascinating film to watch with people because the first 20, 30 minutes, you're like, what am I watching? And then the twist happens and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like that... It's one of the most oh my God moments in film. Yeah, that was one of the coolest things because again, just like you said, that first 20 minutes, I was like interested, disinterested. Like I was just like waiting for something to happen and then it fucking hits you on the head like so hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Just wild. Yeah. I don't know anybody who's watched a young Michael Caine, so that was really awesome for me to actually do this year. Uh, it's really cool to see him, and it's like like a subtle Caine, whereas like in like Batman, he's like super Caine. It's only a little bit of Michael Caine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where you could have a lot of Michael Caine. There are many different shades of Michael Caine. There's Michael Caine on cocaine, and that's later. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that was uh, my male actor, actor, uh, or best performance. And then I have our recent holiday adventure for my mm. best performance for a female actor, and that is Natalie Wood as oh, yeah. uh, Susie in Miracle on Fort, uh, 34th Street. Yes, really, really, really good performance. You and I talked about that on the last episode, like... Honestly, that movie potentially could have slotted into my top 10 movies. I really I know. love America on 34th. It's so hard to pick a Christmas movie for your best of the year. Yeah. But it was a good movie, and she was just, like, a really good child actress and uh, just so cute and so believable. Like, she really was, like, she acted as if she had never heard of, like, or never thought of anything fantastical before, and then eventually going to like the other end and believing in santa was yeah so <laughs> that's it it's nice. kind of like a joke one but it, it it actually was really good yeah no that's that's awesome so favorite directors michael who you got um you know what partly out of guilt for passing him over in my top five also just because i really enjoyed the one movie we did of his this year i'm gonna have to go with scorsese yeah I wasn't as big on Killers of the Flower Moon as you were, but I really, really, really loved Cape Fear. Yes, Cape Fear mm. rocked. And part of that, and I'm going to repeat myself a bit, it was the movie I needed when I saw it. Like, at the time, I just had to move back home because of, like, financial stuff, and then... You and I, it was our first one doing remotely, and, like, I rem like watching that movie really cheered me right up. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So yeah. It's, it's one of those, like, again, all-star Robert De Niro performances with the long list of all-star Robert De Niro performances. Like, he plays comically evil. I can't even remember what his name is, but... I forget. Martin Scorsese, just like, yeah, one of my favorite directors of all time. Like, definitely the Mount Rushmore director. What I'll say about Killers of the Flower Moon, again, you do need to see it a second time because the first time is just overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. I watched Cape Fear, but I didn't join in the uh, episode, I believe. I really liked that. It was it was a good one. Yeah. If honestly, if Killers of the Flower Moon hadn't have been in there, I might have just picked like that as well. Like it was it was up there for me. It's in my top ten. We've talked about almost all of my top tens at this point, actually. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And to echo you, my number one best director of the year is also Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon. Like Oh yeah. Just 
the way that they navigated that story is absolutely incredible. Like everything about that movie is so, so good. Like again, it, it could even go up in my Martin Scorsese all time list. His choice to come out at the end of that film and just basically like speak to the film in the way that he does and becomes part of the movie is like one of my all time favorite endings to a film ever. Like honestly, I teared up watching that happen. I have Um, to watch that. It's very, very special, sad, but also like he's kind of reflecting on like the fact that, you know, he kind of just, he's doing his best, but like at the end of the day, like he's just some white dude, in 2023 making a movie about this horrible tragedy that happened to the Osage nation nation kind of thing. It's, Hmm. it's truly like a very unique film. Like it's such a, like you said, Mike, after we watched it, instead of, you know, just having like those like fade away and being like, and this is what happened to this person at the end. And this is what happened to this person at the end. It's like a complete reinvention of the idea of, of a biographical film Mm. and what the ending of it can be. Yeah, I actually, the ending was kind of my favorite part. <laughs> I couldn't wait till it was over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I hear how that sounds, but that's not what I meant. <laughs> no, that's that's fair. Jason, who you got? Uh, I got like a bunch. I don't know. I just, I didn't watch enough from one person. And then like, I can't pick one of my favorite movies. I don't know. It's, it's a tough one, but I just put uh, Miyazaki like Hayao Miyazaki and Guy Ritchie for The Covenant. Um, and then Sidney Lumet was just keeps getting brought up in the, everything that we watch. So I would say he has to be up there. Oh, easily. Yeah. So, yeah, like nothing specific for me. I don't know. Cool. <laughs> Directors are good. <laughs> Directors are good. Oh, I forgot to pose this question to you guys, but this is a good time to do it anyway now. I was wondering what the best rewatch experience you had this year was for a film. And I can start off this one since I think I might have mentioned it to you in the original list of what we were doing. But this is, you know, like instead of like this is pulling off all the restrictions for the top five. Like you can pick any movie. Doesn't matter how many times you've seen it. And I'll start. I thought what I was going to be doing was um mad max 2 because i really loved watching that with you mike yeah uh silence of the lambs was in that discussion possibly but the movie that actually was like a really really fun experience was going and seeing raiders of the lost ark in 35 millimeter Mm. at our local indie movie theater nice yeah i think that if you've got any like small movie theater chains like near you just have an eye at what they're playing because they'll play some old movies and if if they get a copy of the 35 millimeter it's like kind of extra special it's like a way a viewing experience of a lot of movies that you've never seen before it kind of like makes the film almost dreamlike in a sense uh it's it's really cool experience it's a blast from the past Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely love that movie. It's one of my favorites of all time and getting to see it like that on the big screen. Um, in a packed movie theater where nobody had their cell phones out, everybody was silent the entire time because they were all kind of, it was, it was a cool experience. So, Man, yeah, like so many of these movies that we discuss, we are like, I wish I was there when it came out in theaters. So it's like, you can almost recreate that, which is really cool. So uh I, d- I still have to go to my local theater now that I moved, but it's always a great experience. Yeah, I think like 
on that note as well, I think the three of us are potentially planning on going and seeing Die Hard in 35 millimeter at the end of December. Woo! Uh, the Highland definitely, the Highland yeah, Theater. yeah. So looking forward to it. That'd be unreal. So for rewatches for me, the first one that comes to mind that I haven't mentioned in the previous episode is Inglorious Bastards. Oh, oh nice sick movie. Yeah, me and Annabelle had not seen it in like I don't know five seven years something like that. Just like you watch it once or twice, like when it came out, it was huge. And like, I really liked it. I'd probably watch it twice, maybe three times. Then just rewatching it, fell in love with everything about it all over again, especially the bear Jew. Uh, <laughs> so I actually <laughs> I you were gonna say Christoph Waltz. Well, yeah, him too. But the only reason it came to mind to watch it was because I saw the actor for the bear Jew talk about why he took that role and like how serious he took it because he's like there's never any big badass Jews on film and like he he he's like I knew I had to kill it because um I never had that as a kid and I wanted it to give it to the next generation and um so yeah it was he had a a good little podcast episode like spiel oh it's good to Tarantino what he so that's Eli Roth is the actor you're talking about. Yeah, he's also yeah. a director. He released a movie called Thanksgiving this year, which apparently was a really good horror movie, uh, which I haven't seen yet. That's on my list of things I need to see still this year. But yeah, Eli Roth, good friend of Quentin Tarantino. He's on their podcast a bit, and he's got some really interesting stuff on in his filmography. Yeah, yeah, I want to see uh, more after that. But then like other rewatches, I rewatched all the. Uh... Indiana Jones as well, not in 35, but that would have been cool. Uh, and then The Goonies and Princess Bride for the first time with Annabelle, which was awesome. I love just showing people movies that they haven't seen that I love, and I'm just sitting there like, yeah, like, <laughs> love it. Yeah, <laughs> please love it. Yeah, you're watching please. them watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. like you're voicing the the quotes that you remember, and they're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I think my best rewatch choice is going to be pretty obvious. It's uh, The Good, The Mad, The Ugly. That's fair. Yep. My favorite movie of all time. Watch it every year now. Love it. Always love it. We had a good time on that one. I, I really, 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 really like that movie as well. I've seen it multiple times, obviously. So it's a classic. It certainly is. I still haven't seen it, which is like fucking dumb, but I always tend to... Let's say I know that I want to watch The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, but it's mostly I just want to watch a Clint Eastwood. Then I go watch <laughs> like a random other Clint Eastwood, and then I forget to watch the the one that I meant to watch. I, I'm going to watch that, but has anyone seen the one where um he like paints a town red? Oh, yeah. Um, Pale Rider or something? No. I've seen the movie you're talking about a long time ago. High Plains Drifter. High Plains Drifter, yeah. That's That was one of my absolute favorites of his that's... I would say, well, it's different, so it's not exactly comparable, but I definitely have to watch that still. Mm. And I suggest High Plains Drifter as a follow-up for YouTube. It's a good one. Yeah, I watched it, like, I think in 2016 when I was, like, in my early 20s. Oh, yeah. I I was thinking about this. I didn't ask you guys this, but was there any movie that, like, disappointed you or that you hated? Like, was there a most, like, disappointing or most, like, hated movie of the year? That's a good question. Um, I'll start, I guess, while you guys are thinking. Okay, go for it. Most hated movie of the year was The Whale. 
absolutely <laughs> well, despise that. Yeah, film. I didn't hate it as much as you did, but it wasn't. I didn't. I wasn't in love with it. Yeah, I literally finished that movie. I said, Brendan Fraser, great that he's back. Absolutely love him. Fuck that movie. Hmm. Not for me. It's basically like what emotion porn, torture porn, almost like I don't think the the director even likes the character that he's portraying on screen just absolutely not a film for me (laughs) most disappointed film this is this is gonna sound bad because i know a lot of people really really like this movie a lot but i went into this movie thinking that it was gonna make my top five list slam dunk no matter like easily like i was so pumped after the trailer it looked great it sounded like everybody was having a really great time going to check this one out and it was Barbie. I, I was oh. slightly disappointed. I thought the first act of Barbie was really good, and the third act of Barbie was pretty good. But somewhere in the middle, I just completely lost interest. And I don't know if it was, like, while they're in the real world that I just got bored. Like, Will Ferrell, I love, but just didn't quite work in the movie. Like, it just, for some reason, it completely lost me. It was, you know, it was good. Like, I, I didn't hate the movie. I just thought it was going to be, like, the movie of 2023 and for me it just really didn't hit that high expectation bar that i thought was going to it, it was setting with everybody's you know yeah can I, talk about it can i talk about my you know what on that note i think my most disappointing movie of 2023 had to be oppenheimer yeah <laughs> you, know? you didn't like that movie i'm not saying it's a bad movie but i was really bored and it just wasn't for me i just i have it's the Christopher Nolan aesthetic and mood just doesn't always work for me, and it really didn't work for me this time. Yeah, I went and saw it alone, and I remember like when, like just kind of sitting there, just being like, "Is the movie over yet?" Like, hmm. you know. So, how is no? How no, is no, no, Killian no, no, no. Murphy in that though? Was he not amazing? I haven't seen it. All the actors were incredible. It's just I didn't feel like they were given that much to work with. Mm. Actually, you know what? A a repressed memory just jarred loose. I know what my most hated movie of this year was. <laughs> uh, Indiana Jones of the Dial of Destiny. Which uh, is so funny because you and I quickly talked about that like a couple weeks ago. And I watched it for the first time like two weeks ago. And I was like, ah, it was fine. Like, you know what? I hate it. I went and saw it in theaters by myself on Christmas Day before I went to a thing with my girlfriend who wasn't my girlfriend at the time. And like, I got up and I walked out 35, 40 minutes in. I just was like, nope, I'm good. Like somebody <laughs> said something I thought was dumb and I just stood up and I was like, no thanks. <laughs> like, Yeah. It, it's a weird movie because it's trying to pack like this really emotional punch and like all of this family stuff in there. And that didn't work for me like at all. Like the end of the movie didn't quite work for me. But I really honestly didn't hate it. It's not my favorite Indiana Jones movie, but I think I liked it better than The Crystal Skull. You know what? I'm not even like you and I watched the first three movies pretty religiously as kids. I wouldn't say I'm the biggest Indiana Jones fan. So this isn't like fanboy rage. I just really, really was not jiving with this movie. It's kind of like I remember when I was single, sometimes like half an hour into a first date, I'd just be like, well, I have to go. And this is essentially <laughs> what happened. <laughs> like, So, yeah, fuck yeah, that And movie. I am a big Indiana Jones fanboy, and I didn't hate it. So Yeah, okay. I, I am, well, and I didn't hate it. I liked some of the throwbacks, um, and like they had a few new like characters that actually worked for like a British. modern. Great. Yeah. Yeah, so I can't agree with you there. 
<laughs> I'm not. I wouldn't. But you know okay. what? It just. I just. I really didn't like it. If you liked it, good. I just. I couldn't vibe with it. It was in a geary situation. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, you gotta check that one out sometime because Mike and I could not have had more polar opposite reactions to that one. Oh, Aguirre or Aguirre? Aguirre, yeah. Aguirre? The Wrath of God. Yeah. Right. I have to watch it. But anyways, okay. Uh, I'm going to go into mine. And so my least favorite movie, just going into it, like I was expecting to like the uh, the music and like the characters, um, like I'd heard a lot about it and uh, like nothing was like, I came up with it and it like wasn't very quotable and um yeah, it's Blues Brothers. You were disappointed. With Blues Brothers? <laughs> oh. No, I'm fucking with you. I don't. I don't have <laughs> okay. one. I was just trying to fuck with you specifically. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you literally tore my heart out. <laughs> yeah, it's I know. It's like one of my favorite comedies of all time. I, I, it's beloved to me at this point. Yeah, I just looked down on my page and I was like, oh, we didn't even mention Blues Brothers when I was yeah. like searching for one that I didn't like, and then I was like, oh, I'm just gonna fucking rip Blake's heart out right now. <laughs> you certainly did and michael Um, missed it too yeah true (laughs) so there was was there anything you were like disappointed in at all then either uh just like bullshit movies that we threw on randomly like a random netflix thing that we were like i'll throw it on but that's about it yeah that that's kind of like my feeling of the netflix experience in 2023 to be honest until uh the leave the world behind i agree but yeah. this is, I'm super excited to finish it tonight. Michael, you just missed uh, me ripping out Blake's heart. I, I, I had to pee and I, <laughs> you were talking and I didn't want to interrupt you. So how did, we, how did we kill Blake? I listed all the things that I know Blake loves about the movie Blues Brothers. And I said, I like introed in, I was like, I didn't like the music. I didn't like, nothing was quotable or memorable. Like the characters kind of sucked. And I was like, it was Blues Brothers. And then he was like, he was so shocked. I wish we had that on video. (laughs) I picked the wrong time to run away for a pee. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was gone for one minute. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, it's time to move on for movies. I think we were going to do our top three favorite TV shows of the year. Do they have to be 2023 shows? No, they don't have to okay, be 2023 okay. shows. Just, again, first or second viewing. If I mean, if it's a movie show that you always watch and you want to shout it out, I don't care. Again, this is a bonus episode. Do whatever you want. You know what show concluded this year that I really, really liked? I think I know what you're talking about, but go on. Barry. Oh, oh yes, Barry. Barry. ended its fourth season in April, and honestly, like, I couldn't... I was really happy with it, like... I mean, I had a couple qualms about the ending, but like Barry, I binged the first three seasons last year and it quickly became one of my favorite shows. Mm. So, and I really liked what they did with the final season. So yeah, I would highly recommend it. Is that number three for you? Is that number one for you? Where is that? What do you mean? Is it your favorite movie? Top three? Is it top? Is it your third favorite? I think my favorite TV show of all time. Wait, wait. Number th- it's it's number three th- favorite TV shows of this year. Okay, where is that on your list? <laughs> I, I didn't realize there was three. I thought we were just talking. That would be my number two. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> we're gonna have a weird list for you now, but that's fine. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I only watched the first season, I think, and I really did like it. But the thing that just always sticks in my head whenever I hear 
someone say Barry, I say it in uh, like that one other, you know, that little bald guy. Uh, oh, like, no, ho Hank. Yeah. Yeah. He's like Barry. Barry. <laughs> yeah. So I say that every time I see the word Barry or like I'm going to like go buy some berries. I'm like, go buy some berries. <laughs> <laughs> Just random little thing. When I hear the sh- of the show Barry, the first thing I think of is when they grind the guy's teeth down, and that is just forever captured inside of my brain in the first season, and I can't oh, get it out. Mm. That does that did not agree <laughs> with you, eh? Yeah. No, that actually kind of stopped, made me stop watching a little bit because oh of how God. disturbing it made me. The best part <laughs> of those though- teeth apparently is where I draw the line. Okay, so we figured out one of Blake's limit. We figured out one of Blake's triggers. Yeah. Please do not exploit that, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blake, you next? Sure, why not? My number three is Blue Eye Samurai on Netflix. Mm. Oh, I'm trying to watch that. Show. Yeah, it's really good. It's almost better as a whole than the sum of its parts. Like, I wouldn't have said it was my favorite in the first three, four episodes, but by the end, I, I really, really came around on it. The characters are all really fleshed out. Like, it's a very adult look at the shogun samurai era of japan at a point in time where uh white people aren't allowed on the island of japan and this woman who's half asian and it's uh, out of her you know power to not be fully asian is just like ostracized her entire life into becoming like one of the greatest samurai warriors ever and she's on this quest for vengeance and it's it's really good really really good show it looks okay. so good, and I've seen so many good reviews. I'm trying to watch it, but uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm definitely gonna be watching that as soon as yeah, I can. Yeah, Magic Mike recommended it to me. Him and I have been swapping TV shows the past year, and mm. and this one was the one he recommended to me. Really solid one. My number two favorite will align with that. It's a I have a recommendation for a next one. Cool. Number three is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Nice. nice. I've seen so many clips like there's so many it's such an a long-running show it's an amazing show and I'm I think I'm on like season 10 now Annabelle and I've just been binging it we watch an episode while we eat dinner and then we watch like a movie or whatever else we were gonna plan on watching that night it is so goddamn funny and just to see like we recently watched uh I think it was like a Conan interview with Glenn Howerton? Howerton, yeah. It's just so accurate. Like, you're watching people be, like, as depraved as you wish you could be. Like, (laughs) like, if everything went wrong, you would just be like them because you'd given up. And you're like, fuck it, I'm going to be horrible to everybody. (laughs) And just, like, drink all the time and, like, huff paint and not... I decided to be the worst version of myself. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, I miss being that version when I was, like, 21. (laughs) And, like, I I deviated from that, luckily. But I was there in the depths at one point, and I miss it. So, like, yeah, it's just such a goddamn funny show. Hard agree. Very, very funny. Actually, Jess and I don't really have a comedy right now, and maybe that's that's the one we circle back to. I'm I'm pretty down. I've only seen the first probably six seasons, seven seasons. And it's all on Disney. Yeah. Weird place for it, but there it is. Yeah, because they, what is it? They bought FXX or FX bought their studio, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, do you have a number three or are, uh, where are we at with your list? (laughs) 
I have a number one. Um, if I had to pull a number, th- I could pull a number three out of the air. Pull a number three right out of your butthole. <laughs> Probably Netflix's Castlevania. Oh, oh, yeah, you recommend yeah. that one to me. You know what? It's. I think I showed you the first episode. I had a really good time with it. I feel like we've entered this new renaissance where suddenly studios have realized it's like, oh, we can actually make movies and shows based on games, and they can be okay, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Castlevania... I feel like everyone's been talking about that since The Last of Us came out earlier this year, but like I actually, you know what? No, it was The Last of Us because yeah. that came out this year. <laughs> I forgot about that too. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. God, this year has been like 10 years long. I'm so tired, but <laughs> I remember watching that show. Like I would watch it with my mom or whoever and like, yeah, they did a really, really, really good job with it. The Last of Us. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, which one are you talking about now? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> well, I actually haven't seen The Last of Us yet. I've played the games. I was actually honestly slightly less interested in getting to that one immediately because I felt like I knew the story pretty detailed, but it is definitely on Jess and I's list to check out very soon, I think. I would recommend it. I almost think it's better going in not having played the games, though. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I that. never played the games, but I did watch, like, playthroughs on YouTube. So, like, I knew the story. And I do did kind of wish I'd gone in knowing nothing. Yeah. That's fair. I, I knew enough. I had been around when, like, Calvin was doing his playthrough and we were roommates. So, I was, like, kind of watching and we played online together. The episode with Nick Offerman is oh, fucking... Yeah perfect everybody loves that episode with good reason yeah i've heard good things yeah and Mm -hmm. they they like expanded upon characters from the the game in a really cool way they gave them their own episode and like flushed fleshed out their backstory and everything it was pretty cool flushed their story right out the drain (laughs) yeah my number two is something that we've already talked about this year uh, it's related to The Godfather. It's the show The Offer on Paramount+. Plus. It's a miniseries starring somebody else we've already talked about on this episode, uh, Miles Teller. And he's the producer of The Godfather. And it's the story of the making of The Godfather because the story is one of the craziest stories of movie making of all time. I think Matthew Good is also one of the executives of Paramount in the show and it's like you know it's all about how mario puzo and oh my god i'm blanking on the director's name now who's the director of the godfather francis ford coppola <laughs> yes francis ford francis coppola ford we've been coppola. doing this podcast episode for a couple hours now so yeah. my brain's starting to get fried yeah yeah it's like how they made it and like you know how the mafia was involved in trying to shut the movie down how nobody wanted this movie and how how Everyone thought it was going to be garbage. And it's just, it's a fascinating film uh, that very much is set in the 70s. It's a really cool, like, historic look at what Hollywood was like in the 70s. And if you like The Godfather, I really recommend this one because it's it's great. Really, really love the offer hmm. on Paramount+. Plus. Awesome. I'll check that out. It sounds very up this podcast alley. Definitely. It's, what, it's like I said, very easily number two for me. Mm. Yeah, Scavenger's Reign is a new show on i'm not sure where it's actually on but scavenger's reign is an unreal it's very it's very like studio ghibli-ish 
it's brand new and it's like a lim- it's like a little mini series of a not really a colony ship but everybody's um like frozen or whatever in like cryo sleep it, it crashed lands on a planet it's just the most unique planet like the way they created the like aliens and stuff on it 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 all has like its own ecosystem that makes sense and the characters have to learn how to use this brand new environment that's nothing like it's like nothing else to uh survive and i think like six people survive crashing initially because they have they are like shot down on little pods and then they leave like a hundred or like a bunch of people up on the ship and then they have to crash that down using electricity that's produced by the aliens so they have to like go inside aliens to get a little ball of (laughs) lightning and then attach it with tubes from another alien that they like just harvested it's very 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 strange but it is such an enjoyable show i've never heard of this but just looking at the movie poster and looking at it online this looks right up my alley this is all this goes on my list as number one show to check out next i think yeah yeah like that fits so much with the other one that you mentioned the blue eye samurai i think like it's like separate but it's like the and like Michael said, like the a renaissance almost of quality animated shows. Mm. Yeah, I did say that. <laughs> you said something adjacent to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, my number one for best TV show is still Better Call Saul. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, still my all time favorite. Nothing will ever top that for me. And and you watched the last season this year, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I I think Jess and I need to rewatch the entire show to watch the last season again. Well, I'll be down, so call me. <laughs> <laughs> I am such a dick. I didn't watch Breaking Bad, and then I didn't watch Better Call Saul. What? Yeah. I tried to watch Breaking Bad, but I was watching it when I wasn't like consistently at a like a pl- one place. So I was like, mm-hmm. my brother was watching it, and then somebody else was watching it and I was catching all these episodes and I was like, fuck, they ruined it. Know what I mean? And like, I know <laughs> yeah. how good it is. It yeah. just, yeah. I have seen breaking bad from start to finish three and a half times now. So Damn. Jesus. Yeah. I've watched it a lot. It's because I watched it first from start to finish by myself. And then I shared it with my dad and then I shared it with Jess. And then I half watched it with a friend in university at the end of an university. So <laughs> That's one of the things, like, every once in a while, I'm just, like, in my corporate life and, like, in my 30-year-old life, and I'm like, god damn it, I wish I could just, like, break a femur or something (laughs) so that I can just chill for six months and I don't have to do anything, and I could just fit, finally watch Breaking Bad. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's gotta be a must-watch for sure. Just now, you're actually thinking about rewatching it again soon. You almost need to break up with your girl, your fiance, in order to have time to do that. <laughs> I'd rather break a leg, but okay, um, <laughs> yeah, fair. It's a close I'm second, just, really. I'm just, propo- I'm just suggesting solutions. Yes, yeah, thank you. <laughs> presenting alternatives. So my my best TV show of this year is one we haven't talked about at all really but it's an adaptation of an anime series that's a live action it's one piece on netflix right i don't know if either of you have watched one piece yet i have not it is the most goddamn charming tv show i have ever seen i 
absolutely adore the live action. I have never seen the anime version of it. I'm sure it's great. It's like a thousand episodes deep. But the TV series, like every single main character is just oozing charm and charisma. Like hmm. I I immediately fell in love with every single character in the show. There's an episode where the one swordsman, like it's a mishmash of all these different genres and styles and time periods in human history. And it's a, it, like it's a pirate show. So, you know, it captures a little bit of the pirates of the Caribbean feel. Hmm. Like there's a samurai who's one of the main characters. And partway through the season, he is like challenging a, one of the pirate lords of the, like, uh, the seas to a duel. And Jess was like, well, he can't win. Like, like, how is this going to end? And I was like, he can't, but like, I'm, I'm so, I'm so enthralled. I need to see what happens because like, even though he can't, like, what's going to happen? Like, is he going to come close to winning? Is he going to get obliterated? But like, is the pirate Lord going to see something in him and like take him under his wing? Like, how is this all going to play? Like, I was so invested in everything, even though like, you know, some stuff sometimes plays out like how you might expect or like it feels like you know we've seen this before sometimes Hmm. it's like it's still so exciting and the characters are all just so so rich that sounds really good but uh did uh were you expecting him to take him under his wing but instead he took him under his poop deck yes (laughs) well done (laughs) (laughs) it that it looks like an amazing series and like Again, like I, I chose Scavenger's Reign instead of One Piece mm. or um the other one, the Blue Heron. Yeah, Blue Eyed Samurai. Blue Eyed Samurai. Yeah. Once I fully finish that, I'm I have like one or two episodes left. It's it's unreal, but that's like where I want to go next. Yeah, I honestly I can't recommend One Piece enough. Like uh, our other friend Magic Mike. I was kind of explaining it to him one time when we were hanging out and he just immediately went and watched the whole season like, in like a week. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. was like, that was kind of incredible. You just can't have one piece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta catch them all. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. I was doing a Lay's commercial. <laughs> oh. We all kind of just ended up doing our own. Thing. <laughs> it's been fun. almost three hours. We're all kind of deviating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Wheel of Time, season two. Mm. Uh, we rewatched every single thing that they put out as like each episode came on. You watched the entire season every time a new episode posted. <laughs> almost, almost. <laughs> we we re like as we were waiting for the next episode, we started our rewatch of the first season. Hmm. So then we would watch like we we still were able to watch a, like a lot all at once. And then all the like little shorts and stuff. And I was so happy because Annabelle actually got so into watching it because it's my favorite book series of all time. So the fact that she like got fully invested because after the first season, which was a little rough, she was like, yeah, that was pretty cool. It was all right. And then after the second season started and like, I think even just episode one was really good. Um, Like she was like, okay, let's rewatch this. And then, she would just be like chomping at the bit for the next episode to come. So did the second season improve on the first season significantly? Yes. There's still some problems, but um, they're like any show that is recreating a movie. Like this one has some weird ones in particular. Like the character Lan is 
strange, but um, overall, it has like improved significantly. Nice. I I was really upset. I've only ever read the first book of the Wheel of Time, and I was so upset by the first season that I haven't circled back to the second season yet. Do you still have my second book? I do. Okay, I need that back. I'm almost done the first book. I'm on my <laughs> reread. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's it. That that's all I want to talk about for the bonus episode. Yeah, so I think that'll do it. That that wraps up 2023 in our Whoa. review of 2023. What a long year. Yeah. What a long, exhausting, beautiful, terrifying year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I had fun, but hey, you got married busy. this year. Yeah, I did. Get yeah, married, you did. Yeah. <laughs> so and we were there. Yes, we all became men. Yes, somewhat. I'm still a boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. On that note, I let us know like what your favorite movies of this year were and what it your shows. favorite TV shows. Yeah. yeah, throw some recommendations. Always love to hear some recommendations. Um, like I said on the last episode, I think I need to send you guys my idea of what next year looks like, but I think that our first episode is probably going to be my pick and it's going to be Tremors, which I'm really excited about. It's one of my it's a, not one of my favorites, but it's like a movie that I think is somewhat underrated. And the first time I watched it, I kind of at the end went, that was better than it should have been. That was not Why terrible. Why was that incredible? <laughs> awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. I guess we'll see you in 2024. And I guess this is coming out in 2024. So we're here. I'll see you now. you. Yeah, we see see you now, or I'll see you on the flim flop. (laughs) What they said, (laughs) flippity flap. We'll catch you later. I I can't remember what he says, but it's like an "I love you, man," where he's like, "I'll see you now, or I'll see you then later." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, calls him Jobin randomly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I rewatched that one this year. I love that movie. All right, that's it. Okay. All right. See you next time. Bye. Tell your, what is it? Tell your grandpa about your dad. Tell your dad.